of our podcast. I'm uh, Rawdon Dubois from uh, the elusive <laughs> yes. uh, Dubois <coughs> Method. <coughs> and I'm uh, Coach Hewitt, uh, <laughs> the Hewitt Method. <laughs> Coming at ya. <laughs> and on the program today, we have Cam, Cam, Grunt. Oh, oh, that was that kind of quite erotic. Held a note there with the mm. music. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Hey, I was, uh, yeah. Under the Bar Impressive. podcast. Coming to you live from the Eagle Waves Radio Studios in the heart mm. of Sydney. Mm. It's very exciting mm. to be here. And look, it's exciting times for the podcast in general. Yeah, it's very exciting, yeah. And this is a little in betweener episode. Mm. Today, it's, it's not a We're long gonna one. We're going to wet the whistle. Just going to wet the whistle. Just going to mm. dip the end in. It's yep. not balls deep. No, it's just not all yet. the way in. Just take your time. Savor mm. the moment. That's right. Mm. So, mm. Rodden, what we're going to do today is go through some of the content mm. that we're going to be covering with the seminar which mm. is coming up in uh, three and a half weeks time thereabouts mm. Saturday the 25th of February at the Icon Performance Health Centre yeah over in our time and a full day full day nine mm. to five three hundred bucks for the day you can Bargain. go to uh, go to our website underthebarpodcast.com or go to the Icon Performance mm-hmm. Health yep. website and register and pay there blah blah blahs yep. so we're going to go through that today now, before we get to the content, mm. some eye dotting and T crossing, because yep. as I should say, we've got Dr. Vinesh Singh yes. and resident neuroscientist Luke Tullick, aka a, a groundskeeper Willie, yep. and they'll be talking about their content as well. So it's it's so, not just yes. you and I. So there is actually some stuff to hang yeah. around and listen to this episode for. Yeah. I'll make that point. Yep. But eye dotting T crossing, mm-hmm. head across to the Underbar podcast website. Yep. There's some new blog posts up there. Mm-hmm. Raylene's doing a wonderful job. Yep. Uh, giggling away. Giggling trying away. to interpret what we. What we <laughs> what's one of the ones we uh, uh, did I make a noise and she uh, said funny noise or something insert funny noise here Amin Arrows oh yeah uh, it was the Amin Arrows yeah. and then I think it was the process yeah, uh, yeah. It was capitals in, capitals yeah, yeah so she's very good Raylene mm. but uh, go there also the speak pipe now mm. we're not going to play a speak pipe on this episode because no. we're trying to keep things tight tight yeah airtight <laughs> but go to underthebarpodcast.com <laughs> click on the right hand side of the page to leave yeah. a voicemail message yeah and we're going to you can listen to it back if you you know yeah, you don't you think it had the the dulcet tones like you and I have. You know, might want to hear it and you drop it down an octave if you go into air. But we'll just twi- twiddle the knobs anyway. Make you make you sound real nasally, so you're not cutting our grass in exactly. any way, shape, or form. Yeah, true. Mm. But do that, and then mm. over the coming weeks, we're going to bring in a little bit of a, a sponsor for the. Um, yeah, we're going to keep that one under. Our, but we're going to just con- dot eyes cross T's from our end before yep. we go. Uh, <laughs> Promising free product. Yeah. Yeah, exciting with that one. But that's looking good. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much everything. Obviously, the elusive yeah. DeDubois-method.com. Method, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look at you and uh, yeah. social media channels social, and, yeah. you know, tomhewitt.com.au for yeah. me. All that uh, stuff. But let's Cam, get, they can get Cam on... Uh, on social media, www.rockstar.com. With his, he had a, a net. quite a cool hat on today, didn't oh, he? Oh yeah, a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no one like Cam. There's can be only Highlander. one. Highlander. Highlander. The yeah. only one. Righto, mate, we'll have a sting here and then we'll go to uh, talk some content. Okay, Rawdon, so I'll be first up on seminar day. Yep. Whilst expectations are quite low. Yeah. Sneak yeah, mine under the I won't the be radar. far behind you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I'll be sliding right in that back door. Yeah. As soon as you're done, I'm jumping straight in there. Yeah. All the way in. But what I'll be doing, Rawdon, is essentially going through my system for the initial mm. consultation. The eight commandments, we're calling it. The eight commandments. So mm. there's eight steps that I follow in an initial consultation yep. process. And I'll run through these pretty quickly. Yeah. Look, but I, I mean... 
when we were going through the different topics, you know, I think you felt that, uh, you know, maybe it's not quite as uh, balls deep as some of the other topics, a bit more meat and nuts with some of the other stuff, depending on who's at the seminar. But, mm. but I'd argue otherwise and say, you know, the skill, uh, like, really differentiates a, a coach from a PT. I think that, that initial information that you get for your client from that that initial consultation like you said you're going to run through all your stuff but it's um basically making a making a list of all all the bits and pieces that you're going to put together uh behind the scenes and really uh, individualize your, your 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 programming for the individual which fundamentally is what we should all be doing and far, a far cry from a cookie cutter approach so yeah. i think fundamentally that's where you're going to give a, a bit of an insight into so they can literally from that's on the saturday so from monday they can uh, revamp uh, or incorporate some of the, th- the really cool things that you're going to go through here. So I'm actually looking forward to this one as well. Yeah, and it's really, uh, apart from the information you gather to create their program, mm. having that buy-in from the mm. client when they really come away from a thorough process. Mm. Thorough to, examination. Yeah, thorough the exam- gloves are on. Rubber gloves on. <laughs> down to the G-banger. That's it. Uh, a really thorough, comprehensive consultation. Yeah. You know, a nice follow-up with their plan. All of a sudden, they're just like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, you know, and when when they understand the process and they feel confident uh, with the coach, I mean that's and and remember, uh, any of our listeners uh, might uh, remember old tippy toes before he, you know, it was Christian Thibodeau this, you know, seminar that. Uh, well, way 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 before that, we had him on the podcast, and I think uh, if you if you do recall, one of the things that um, that he alluded to was the is having belief in your coach being the the fundamental game changer you know as to whether you succeed and, and, and get the body comp or the, the, the hypertrophy goals or you know the strength goals whatever you work them uh, with the individual for it's that confidence and, and belief in the coach that will really uh, see success for the, for the for the client so um yeah essential if you're not spending time uh, with at least eight eight commandments then uh, <laughs> you're wasting your time so obviously the first step, Rawdon, is to just to find out what the client's there for. Yeah. And so this is not necessarily establishing an ironclad goal, but yep. but just establishing what they're there for because there'll be two categories here. One of them uh-huh. will come in with a specific goal. Yep. They want to do a photo shoot on this date. Uh, for you, it's they've all got a goal. I'm yep. getting on stage at this time. Yep. But quite often with general population, you'll get the... Um, well, uh, I, I want to tone up, I want to lose body fat, I want to build muscle. I want to be healthy. Yeah, and it's more of a general, vague idea they have in their head of what they're there for. Mm. And so the two psychologies are slightly different. Both of them will ultimately be goal-driven, Yep. but establishing what kind of person they are straight up yeah. puts you in a much better place to then conduct the rest of the consult and you can refer, start to refer back to these goals as you yeah. go through the rest of the steps. All right, so if they don't have a goal there and then, you don't try and force one, it's just sort of get a feel for them and, and that might develop over the coming weeks. We can then develop a goal later on. And okay. We spoke about it pre-show. Yeah. One of the things you can do, Rawdon, is simply if they're an executive-style client that doesn't have a specific goal, you get the diary out at the end of the consult yep. and say, okay, how's your work schedule looking over the next couple of months? Uh, oh, I've got, I'm traveling for work here in four weeks mm. and I'm going to the... And I say, okay, great. So we've got a four-week block to start with. Let's see what we can do for that initial mm. period of time before mm. you go on your trip. So at least you can set a time frame goal yeah, or something size. to work towards. So little mm. little bite-sized pieces. And what you'll find ultimately, Rawdon, as you get to develop 
a relationship with the client, the goal will, what's really driving them yeah. will start to reveal itself yeah. and that's when you can really link what they're doing to, emotionally to, the, to their purpose. Grab a hold by the, by the, by the short and curly. <laughs> yes. really, Pluck a few yeah, spider's yeah. legs. Yeah, yeah nice. Excellent. Excellent. Right, the second part obviously is exercise history. You yep. want to find Relevant. out their training background, Definitely. everything that's been going on there. Most of the guys who do consults are probably pretty good at that part of the thing. You yeah. know, how they trained before, any injuries. Yep. If they have had some training experience, it's important to find out reps, sets, and programs they've yep, done yep. In, in the history. Just so, maybe what they've had, what they found worked before as well. What exactly. They enjoyed. What they enjoy. What, yep. what how their body responds to different kinds of stimulus, mm-hmm. and that will stimuli. Inf- stimuli. My mistake. <laughs> that will influence uh, what you do with their specifically the training portion of their program. Mm, mm, uh, mm. After that, Rawdon, I do a general nutritional like a spray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Cam's got to fix the uh, mixing desk. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I just want to get an idea of what they feel about their own nutrition. Okay, so a little bit of a psycho- an insight to the an insight to their food. emotional relationship with food. Yep. So are they going to be someone who's going to be a robot Wayne's and you can design the, fir- the perfect plan, OCD, boom, this is it. Are they someone who who's going to have to layer one change at a time? Mm. Do they have a bad emotional relationship with food? Do they have yeah. addiction to certain foods? Yep. Do they have a good relationship with food but eat bad foods? Yeah. As, not bad foods. Or unknowingly. Unknowingly. So yeah. maybe their level of uh, education around nutrition yeah. is attached to the old food pyramid style thing. Oh, yeah. And yep, 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 yep. they may be, I eat really well. I, you know, I have wholemeal toast for breakfast. Yep. And, you know, Yum. Blah, 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 all that kind of maybe stuff. some yogurt. And so they do, they have control over what they eat. Yep. But they're, they're just not fully educated as to the kinds of foods that are going to give them the result that they want. Yeah, exactly. And so that exactly. takes a bit of a, a layering education process as well. And, and not that you're suggesting they can't have toast or yogurt or whatever. It's mm. just like, is that is that the best nutrition for your, for goal, your goal while you're here sitting with you? Yeah, precisely. Cool. Okay. So, so we're just, just, just getting an idea of where they sit on okay. the nutritional scale. So that's the two commandments. We have to number three? This is number three. Okay, so four. Number four, mm-hmm. I like to do a daily existence checklist. Ah. And this is where I break down this person's existence from the time they get out of bed Good. to the time they go to bed at now night. Now, how detailed is that? It's pretty detailed, man. So I'd have to tell you everything I do. <laughs> you have to tell is me. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you oh could probably God. just keep a few things to yourself. Yeah. I'm well, uh, quite open to Actually, what well, you do tell me everything. Yeah. And, and Warts and all. Warts and all. Mm. Yeah. and uh, I go balls deep with you. <laughs> tell you everything. But for instance, Rodden, I did a, mm. a, a consult with a guy yesterday, and uh, his sleep wasn't particularly good. So I'd been through everything. He was, he's yep, a yep, PT. Yep. Uh, so his meals are good, his day is structured, he, he eats quite well. Mm. So there's plenty to work with there. But at night time, he's lying awake in bed, tossing uh. and turning. So I asked about what happens between when you have dinner and when you go to bed. Yeah. And he's in a household with some strong personalities. Mum and dad are yeah. sort of business-minded. Yeah. The brother is a bit of a high achiever. Everyone's high achievers, right? Yeah, and quite yeah. often... And he's just a PT. <laughs> wow, there's the problem, mate. But... Know? You know, the mum run, runs the house like a tight ship. Yeah. And if he leaves a towel in the wrong place, yeah. it's, going to cause, it's going to cause an argument or something. So yeah. there might be a little bit of a fight around the dinner table. Well, that's uh, not good pre-bed. Yeah, it's not good pre-bed. No. He's lying in bed. Think about that. Yeah. And, and so it was a, a series of probing about specifically what happens exactly between when you finish dinner and go to bed that's causing you to lie in bed awake it, and think about these things. And it sounds like you got a few, uh, a few big... Takeaways from that, yeah, little, yeah, little, little, yeah. The fifth, fifth, fourth, commandment. Uh, fourth commandment, the fourth commandment. That yeah, gave and you so quite an insight. In his plan, I'm going to write in, you know, something about being good to your mother. Is mm. it? Wor- 
you do the, not the, leave the towels energy, on the floor. The energy it takes to hang the towel up, surely that's worth just doing that yeah. to spare yourself the stress. Definitely, you know, definitely. okay, that's good. Good. After that, I'll go into sleep. Of course, we've touched about you know uh, what time you get to bed. Fifth commandment. Right, so sleep. we're talking about um, you know what quality of sleep then, uh, how long duration, and I'm looking. I've got a few little tricks up my sleeve to good, help that yeah. sleeping process. Excellent, excellent. That's worth its weight in gold. I will jump in there, and a classic one for me is um, I'll, I'll get the update from my clientele, and it's like ah yeah, you know I just wake up and uh, sleep's good, but you know I'm just going to the toilet like three or four times a night. I'm like. Okay, how about you drink less water in the last few hours pre-bed? Yep. It's like, oh my God, he fixed, you know, I only woke up yeah. once if that. It's <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're drinking like 10 liters of water before you go to sleep. Yeah. Like, what the? But yeah, like sometimes, just, it's, sometimes it's a really simple uh, fix. Yes. Other times you might have to go a little deeper, of course. Well, and, and the reality of this is raw to them with all of these things exhaust the simple fixes first yeah, 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 and if yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. fix it well then as PTs most of the time we're probably going to have to refer out if it's yeah. something which is more chronic significant yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, after sleep I'll then go into stress sixth commandment talking about um, now this one we did you're probably going to have to get the lab coat on for the guys a little bit yeah I'm going to slip an arm to the lab coat and uh. I'm going to go into the physiology of stress yep. from the perspective of how that influences the goal they, they loosely set out yep, in part yep, yep, one. Yep. So if it's body fat reduction, I will explain to the client in layman's terms how elevated stress hormones actually... Oh, jeez. Uh, the, the mechanisms of oh. fat gain or the challenges with fat loss Ooh. in that scenario. Mate, that's that's a little lab coding. A little bit lab coding, but... Yeah. What I'd like to get across to the attendee is if you can master, get mm. your head around that concept and explain it in layman's terms to the client, they will then start to yep. buy into the process. Mm. And that's mm. the key factor. Not mm. so much the, the physiology of it, but an understanding of how to relate. Yeah, if they get it. Stress to the client. Yeah, if they get it, it, it all makes sense. Awareness, so everything falls into place. Awareness is always the first step with managing mm. stress. Mm. And then there's a belief in actually following some of these things we can implement. I, I will say that... Um, over the years, the, the, the few clients, and I've got one at the moment that I'm, I'm hoping she's, uh, it's all going to come together, but uh, there has been one profound uh, common trait between all of them, and uh, it's stress. Like it, 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 Trust me, she's doing everything, and yeah. it rabbits is everything she could possibly do to try and get in shape, and uh, it ain't working. But the common theme is she's stressed. Stressed, yeah. So um, that's a good one. I'm going to pay close attention to that one. So we'll go through that, and then off the back of stress, because part of my rationale to the client is I'll explain the, the physiology of mm. how stress impacts digestion, mm. and so then part seven, that's when I go through digestion. Seventh yep. Ah, good. Seventh yeah. commandment. Mate, it's, got a, it's got a really nice flow, it flows, isn't it? It flows. Flow. This, is, this is how yeah. I, like, I like it to flow. Flow the ocean. And one of the good things about the flow is, Rod, and when you go through part three, which is the, the nutrition overview, mm. part four is the daily existence checklist, mm. I mm. ask them what foods they're eating in the checklist mm. specifically, so then you'll see if it marries up with ah, what they've said. Trying to catch them out. Catch them out. And then yeah. at the end, when I come back to digestion, yeah. I get a third crack at their food. So you're getting... By yeah. the time you finish the consult, you have a true picture of what they're yeah. really eating. Whether they're bullshitting or whether exactly. they're legit. Or whether they just don't realise that they're bullshitting. Because yeah. that, yeah. that, that happens also. But then you hook them up to the bullshit meter and then ask them a few <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Now, um, when with digestion, Rawdon, the takeaway there is I'm trying to establish if there are issues, can that be sorted with just good clean eating being sensible about the foods, the foods a little, do yep. they need a little bit of digestive support in the mm. form of supplementation yep. or is this off to Dr. Vinesh yep. this is out of my too hard basket off to a doctor to, mm. to, to get some proper intervention mm. there some simple as that now uh, commandment number 8 mm. is to then review the consult I haven't really spent too much time 
talking at the client. Mm. Stress and digestion a little bit, yeah. Mm. But it's the, the the bulk of this is fact finding. And, and they're they're doing most of the talking. They're doing all the talking. Yeah, they're, they're, you're really trying to understand what this person is and where they come from. Well, yeah, most people like talking about themselves. So I think that that in itself is a great initial question uh, or consult is just, just letting the individual blah, 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 you take a ton of notes. Exactly. And you sort of structure it like that. Because the consult is one, even if they don't necessarily talk about themselves much in general, mm-hmm. when they're paying for time to sit down and yeah. being asked questions, that yeah. is one environment where they'll feel secure and safe enough mm-hmm. to blah, 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 yeah, blah. And you'll be going, rolling your eyes, going, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, making notes. Poly yeah, off, poly off. And so I do a review of the consult and Good. that's when I'll break down and say, okay, Looking at the exercise history, I think I'm probably going to work with a two or three workout mm. split, blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep, yep. Nutrition here, okay, those foods are good. good. We might need to tweak in a bit of this, blah, blah, blah. Do you squint the eyes a little bit too when you do it? I do. Yeah, we yeah. just, for our listeners, we're just squint the eyes, squint the eyes wiggling the fingers. Man, I'm going to do this, going to yeah, do that. Yeah. Good. Your daily existence, okay, you're eating three meals, you're very busy, you're not going to mm. get in four, mm. so I'm going to design your plan around that's three fine. meals to start Energy with. Balance. That's totally fine. Good. Okay, sleep. Now, you've identified this. Yep. Do you have 10 minutes for me at night time to do the Grateful Log? Can we agree on a time you're going to do that? Excellent. And and you also, uh, you're going to talk about how you like to start the day with a a little bit of positive uh, thought um, goal setting. A positive thought process. Mm. I've got a few up my sleeve. I like them to, I like to top and tail the day, Mm. start of the day. Top and tail. Positive process, end of the day, positive process. Very good. And then I've basically broken down all the steps for the client and loosely taking them over what they can expect yep. and then it's boom okay it's Wednesday today by Saturday you're going to have your training programs your nutrition plan Good. and a, a lifestyle overview uh-huh. I need you to go through everything in detail write mm-hmm. down any questions that you have yeah. you're going to go shopping on Sunday and buy all your food Monday morning this program starts very good. Boom. And then like at the, the end of this presentation, I'll then, if I've got time, go through a couple of case studies and actually bring up some, uh, bring up the documents that I send out so people can have a look and say, okay, maybe that's the way I could structure this for my that's clients awesome. too. So that'll be in day one. So then day two <laughs> is, uh, you're going to fit that into 60 minutes. Well, no, it's, minutes. it's one part per day. So this is, ah, a, yeah. this is an it's eight, a four day, day, an eight day course. $300 yeah. four days. <laughs> Bargain. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, man. So that's, that's what that's I'm doing. Thorough. Thorough. Yeah, looking that's, forward uh, to, uh, really you know, we've been enjoying the process of, uh, <laughs> it's been quite therapeutic to uh, break down my own consultation process and really analyze it. Yeah and, yeah, and you probably have uh, solidified a lot of those things you're doing. It's like, yep, well, this is what I actually do yeah, yeah. most of the time. Well, it's going to be all the time. And, yeah. And, and, draw some definitive lines in the sand mm. moving forward I love that now mate yourself and this is a really exciting yeah, one well, look pressure's going to be on this is yeah. the first time you've ever uh, used notes on the mate on the hold computer. on I've just got to log into my laptop just hold on I'm just staring at the uh, it's got to look at my retina so okay, Rorden, Rorden doesn't pay any less than $3,000 no. for a laptop these Three, days. The HP it, Spectre. If it doesn't have a retinal uh, recognition. Scan. Retinal scan And that's retinal. Retinal. Scan. <laughs> retinal. Rectal scan. Not rectal scan, Tom. <laughs> Put that glove away. It's not, <laughs> it's not needed. Maybe with SpeakPipe it is, but not with... Yeah, anyway, look, I, I'm basically... Mine's going to be riddled with references to myself. <laughs> No, no uh, scientific references whatsoever. But yeah, well, look, I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna try, and uh, go balls deep into the um, muscle hypertrophy, the, the principles and, and their application. So I'm gonna start by giving painting a little bit of a picture on, um, I guess, from an evolutionary standpoint, whether building muscle is something that the the body wants to do. Mm or will be forced to do very uh, interesting yeah and, uh, and, and you know it's a little like um when uh, my guys and girls get super lean 
and any of our coaches or any coaches or individuals that have got super lean themselves know that it gets harder and harder and harder the more you push the leaner you get and it's because you're, you're fighting you know thousands of years of uh, evolution yes. you know, the body don't want to get lean you know yeah. it wants to keep that that uh, that fat blanket the safety blanket there and it's uh threatened for its very existence if you uh, if you do get lean but similar uh for for hypertrophy muscle mass it really is the the last thing the body wants to do is is create a additional weight that strains all the all the joints and ligaments yeah. and and uh, requires a, a ton more energy. A lot of food. To, a lot of food. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I said, back in uh, prehistoric time, uh, you and I can't see. We would be out trying to get food to, to feed our our you know uh, increased muscle mass that we were pushing rocks and doing uh you know pull-ups on trees and stuff like that yeah. and cam's busy just chopping the missus back in the uh, right. in the cave and we're out looking for food yeah exactly he, he's uh, you know ensuring the existence of the survival of the the species and we're uh, just trying to feed our our additional muscle that we built but yeah but so i guess paint a little picture like that talk about genetics how um you know some people uh and we've all had these clients that no matter what we do and i'm going to give you uh, according to a lot of what I've done of late, consults I've done with Dr. Israel Henselman's, um, you know, the Mountain Dog, uh, the my time with Milo Sarchev and, and, and others, and, and what I've just found in the trenches. I'm going to talk about all that and give them some definite uh, uh, direction with their programming and, and, and things like that. But yeah. before we even go there, just, just start from a really big big picture and, and, and paint a picture so it, it is difficult and, yeah. it, and it's going against uh, every conceivable... Uh, <laughs> survival, survival mechanism, mechanism. You know? yep. but we're going to force it and that's why you know it, it might come on easy initially but it, it will get harder and harder because it, it really is something that the body does not want to do yep. uh, on its own free will total luxury item yeah exactly yep. exactly I mean you know uh, the reality is the body would probably prefer to be uh, you know 30% body fat sitting on a couch watching TV you know burning zero energy yep. just sitting there you know with a plenty of plenty of energy you know if, if, if shit goes wrong and yeah. uh, it's quite content uh, doing that but um so talk about that the big picture great looking forward uh, to it so, so start there um and then gonna go into the to reference uh broderick chavez and uh, for our listeners that don't know this guy evil genius is uh sports performance he's going to be coming up on the program uh in the coming weeks as, yep. a, as a regular guest we've already had recorded one really cool segment with him but um i've been doing a lot of mentoring with him but one of his <laughs> catchphrase is what's happening under the hood yeah so let's talk from hypertrophy what's happening under the hood pop the bonnet pop the bonnet and have a look so things like M- uh, and, and um, layman's terms the uh, process of hypertrophy uh, okay. what's happening uh, in the muscle so mTOR signaling the um uh the the, the mechanistic target of, of rapamycin is, is it what it stands for um satellite cell pr- proliferation hyperplasia uh, muscle protein synthesis, uh, Good. Uh, how it relates uh, to the whole process, which correlates with SRA curves, stimulus recovery adaptation cycle. We're going to talk about the fractional synthetic rate for protein uh, or positive nitrogen balance and then fractional breakdown rate, so that what happens in that 24-hour period so we can get a little bit of an understanding of why you know, there's a need to get uh, amino acids, uh, certainly carbs and, and, and fats over time, definitely. But, but And the good thing about that, Rodan, is, and I know what you're probably going to say in a second, <laughs> is whilst it's cool to know all this stuff, at yeah. the end of the day, all you can it's do is write programs and eat food. Yeah. But if you understand these concepts from a PT perspective, mm. then you can actually uh, rationalize to the client why you want them to eat the frequency of meals you're yeah, prescribing. Exactly. And to get, the size get of the meal. Exactly. Because... Um, 
you know, again to reference uh, reference Broderick, you know, with biology, it's uh, and human physiology, it's sort of like a it's your averages over time. Like, yeah, you might miss a meal. Eh, you know, is it really going to break the the bank balance in the overall scheme of things? Not really, you know. But if you did that every day, yes. then all of a sudden it, it is a game changer. So, uh, I guess pain an optimal and an acceptable uh, scenario, and and really, you know, I guess at the end of the day, don't sweat the small stuff. If you if you happen to not get a meal in post training, you know, it's uh, you know, it's not going to end the world. But uh, basically, paint all that picture uh, so we can at least understand the you know the the um, different principles and, and, and phrases and things like that. And so we got a little bit of an understanding of the physiology. Yes. Um, cool, cool stuff to know, but. Then I'm going to go into the, the different types of hypertrophy. So there's uh, generally accepted two, the myofibrillar and the, the sarcoplasmic. Uh, so the uh, one's sort of mechanical stress-induced, one's uh, metabolic stress-induced. Uh, so talk about the mechanical tension, metabolic stress, and, and how to drive each of those with uh, training variables. And yes, and, and uh, these are they're fundamental concepts that every yeah, PT needs to have their head around. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then once they understand that, then designing a program does look a... a, a, a a little easier you know you know what you're trying to focus on with different rep ranges and and um uh sets uh schemes and and, and things like that mm. and once uh, again you can then rationalize to the client yeah why they're doing exactly. the reps they are yeah. exactly and um and why they're doing the frequency in, uh, of body uh train the body part that many times etc etc great uh reference brad schoenfeld there he's he's the guy that's doing some pretty cool stuff um dotting i's and crossing t's from the hypertrophy muscle hypertrophy perspective so uh, might even have a few references in here. You know, you never yeah. know. We'll see. We'll Hang see. On, mate. Uh, uh, then uh, I'm going to go talk about, uh, you know, a beginner, those newbie gains, uh, how it's all uh, exciting and new stimulus for the body, and they, they get some really crazy adaptations, and they legitimately can put a ton of muscle on in a very short period. But then as you and I uh, tip into the intermediate advanced athlete bracket, you know, it gets harder and harder. Yeah. And, you know, it takes us... Uh, I think Menno Henselman's another one of my mentors, but he referenced, uh, I think in a year, he put a kilo of muscle on. He was ecstatic, you know, for someone that's been training for, um, you know, uh, 15 years, and he said he managed to put a kilo on, so uh, run Dexter, and then Dexter a year later, he was uh, over the moon. But I guess it gives you a... The reality check. reality check. You know, there are these... uh, Except uh, to the bell curve, there are exceptions. You know, you're always going to have someone that can do amazing things, and then you have someone that can't even put a kilo on. You know, probably lose a kilo in a year when they yeah. try and build muscle. So, um, but basically, talk about that uh, and that distinction between beginner, intermediate, and advanced covers the spread nicely from a um, coaching perspective. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, unfortunately, it is the more advanced they are, the less likely they're going to gain a ton of muscle. Um, those beginners and intermediates are the one ones we really, if we want to really dramatic before and afters, they're the guys and girls we want to try to get our hands on, on yeah. because uh, you get someone that's a seasoned competitor come in, eh, you know, will you be able to gain some muscle in them? In a short period of time, definitely not, but a yeah. uh, long period, it's going to be a challenge, and you really will have to, the things I'm going to talk about, you really, 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 really have to dot I's, cross T's, and then, yes. and to be honest, yeah, cross your fingers and hope for the best because uh, really that's all you can do. Yep. Uh, then I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, leading into what Luke's going to go into with the nutrition side of things. But basically, talk about nutrition, supplementation, and lifestyle to optimize muscle hypertrophy. So looking at, you know, the fact that, yeah, you can build muscle in a deficit, but uh, generally speaking, you want to have a surplus. 
just to switch on all that anabolic signaling and um, put the body and from a very 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 simple perspective it makes sense that okay if this whole process is really challenging for the body and does not want to do it do you think it um, if we're not eating a surplus of energy it's going to prioritize your energy to okay well let's not uh, survive and, and uh, implement basic physiology let's put that to one side let's build this new muscle yes you know because it's really cool and uh, you know in the and uh, my body wants to do that I mean hardly unlikely so um, the whole process is much easier with uh, with energy surplus I'm going to talk about that and and you know sleep and just a basic overview of the types of things that um, are, are fundamentally, and this is a, to, to quote uh, Coach Hewitt, you know, to create the perfect storm yes. uh, for hypertrophy, and um, it really does require all these things. To I'm talking about really maximise hypertrophy. Yeah, you can get some, you know, with some basic yep. changes, but if you really want to build the beast, then exactly. all these things you, have to be considered. If the listener was to cast an eye over one of your plans that you set out for yeah. your clients, then yeah. these are all the things that are. You've absolutely inbuilt. factored in. Yeah. This is inbuilt to every plan because yeah, this, yeah, is yeah. The, this is what you do. Bread and butter, exactly. Yep. Uh, and they're, they're at the other end of the spectrum, of course. You know, they really are um, chasing that uh, body composition for the stage. And um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about that. And then once I've done all that, a bit of an insight into what's going on with the hood, you know, the evolution of the body, different types of hypertrophy and uh, how to stimulate each, beginner, intermediate, and so a bit of an overview of nutrition lifestyle then i'm going to go into the the nuts and bolts on how to throw a program together looking at um again a lot of this stuff is uh is uh influenced by dr israel uh had him on the program of course our listeners would remember mm. uh, a lot of feedback for his uh saying it was one of the better ones um so yeah talking about percentage of 1RM where you want to sort of stick the the weight what you where you want the intensity at to maximize hypertrophy you know do you uh have periods of strength and then go back into periods of hypertrophy you know what's best should we do that or should we you know focus on hypertrophy 100% of the time and mm. obviously you know which one I mean I'm I'm going to say if it's a hypertrophy that you're after so talk about that and how you know having uh, trying to be good at eat, uh, both means you'll never excel at either um, so really putting all your eggs in one basket from a hypertrophy perspective um, reps sets uh, sets for the week um, sets for the session uh, ballpark figures there some exercises per session I guess maximum recoverable volume again a, a concept that uh, Mike Israel has uh, I think that's pretty much exclusively to him he's come up with that concept but basically we're all vaguely aware of this and it's essentially how much we can pressure or training uh, volume we can cram into the individual and it will vary from person to person but how much we can give them uh, that they could actually recover from and, yeah. and fundamentally that's what hypertrophy is it's applying the, the enough of a stimulus enough of disruption of homeostasis as frequently as possible that they can recover from and, and then we'll grow maximum growth yeah if we uh, undershot that and we're really really uh, uh, far away from what the maximum volume they can do then clearly it would be creating a stimulus then waiting too long to uh, hit the stimulus again and and you know even uh, with a long duration like that you, you could even have a an ebb and flow of hypertrophy where stimulus we grow a little bit and then okay the stimulus isn't there anymore and it's too long between drinks oh, I'm going to atrophy a little yep. so you'll find that you never you never go forward because the frequency is just yeah, out so yeah. talk about that um uh, phase potentiation what that means how, how we can use different uh, phases to, to to set up for the next phase deloading do you need to do it uh, mesocycle length uh, I'm going to be a little controversial and uh, talk about uh, miso my take. soups. Miso soups for our listeners that uh, are familiar with the, the correct term terminology, the under the bar <laughs> terminology. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works and suggest that the longer mesocycles uh, are probably a much better idea. Um, aside from, um, you know, someone being bored, which I don't really think, uh, you know, for my clients, I don't care if they're bored. For Gen Pop, a little different. I'll talk yeah. about your programming for general population. Might be a, like a, uh, a paint a picture for that too, yeah. but if it's exclusive cool. hypertrophy. Uh, body part frequency, you know, high frequency, low frequency, what's the go? total sets per per week i guess to give you a ballpark figure of how much each body part should be getting slammed um talk about those sra curves you know how long it's uh when we train the uh, when we train muscle group yeah when we apply a stimulus how long does it take to recover in yeah. reality yeah uh give some uh guidance there uh obviously the concept of progressive overload uh and and the metabolic stress how to how to how they come into play but um the fact that the Basically, over time, things need to get harder and harder and harder for the body mm. to continually adapt. Uh, otherwise, it will stay the same. It's not going to build that new muscle if there's no real driving uh, need for it, uh, combined with the lifestyle and calories and everything sport. else. Yep. Everything else. Um, so, and and also touching on, uh, you know, like really really cool to know all this, and we can write a cool program, but you know, really trying to get the uh, client to enjoy mm. training and the psychology and of training for hypertrophy yeah like actually get in and, and try and have the perfect workout and and the example i give for this again referencing broderick but it was quite a cool story it was uh tom platts uh, famous for his lower body development but it was him training biceps and uh broderick was much younger than him he was sort of looking at the gym and and, and he said tom was doing this really weird bicep curl so imagine for our listeners incline curl so the back on 45 degree or something like that and his uh, bicep curls were going sort of right up, almost over the shoulder to the, in line with the head, then back down. It was this quite elaborate uh, movement, you know. Mm. There was a lot of swinging and uh, looked really weird. And our arms were sort of flailing and he's, and he's yeah, arching through the back and really, really weird uh, bicep curl. And uh, anyway, and he, and he got fatigued as the set progressed, a lot of reps. And, and then it really got out of shape and arms were sort of, and he, he leapt off and bro, it was just sort of there baffled as to what he was actually doing and he and he leapt off and and sort of this is tom platts and and, and grabbed his bicep and it was like he just looked up into the air and and said oh yeah that that that's that's the feel i wanted that was a perfect set so it wasn't like the reps he was going for it wasn't like uh you know a particular time under tension or counting okay three seconds down two second perfect tempo it was just the the feel he wanted to achieve a feeling yeah and so it it was and he he wasn't content until he had hit that and he goes yeah okay that's it biceps done he moved on to the next body part so uh, am i encouraging everyone to do really weird no no not at all you know but it's uh, adds validity to getting the workout and we all our listeners know when we have a nice say we get one good workout we really you know spring in our step we walk home chest up feels fantastic but you know when we put a whole week together you know that's when we probably you know yeah. we're a little bit leaner that that end of that week we've got a little bit more muscle mass put a month of that together and, you, and you're looking you've made significant body composition change you know you put on some good muscle a couple of months of doing that and, and you've completely changed your physique so there really is something to be said yeah. aside from all these parameters and, and and putting all the the frequency in and it's vastly different getting from A to B and then and really feeling it getting from A to B. So Mate, it's just, I'm excited by this concept yeah. and, and it's sort of a little bit in line with what Francine was going on yeah. about last episode in, in yeah. terms of the you know the epigenetic response of uh, of growth yeah. to um, almost an emotional attachment to the process. Yeah, well, it, and I mean. Look, I don't get that uh, into this side of things. I do, you know. man. I'm a witch doctor. Yeah, you really love it, but <laughs> but but 
I always, 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 always reiterate to my clientele that they must enjoy the process. As soon mm. as I get a sniff of, of oh, you know, it's, it's a bit, okay, yeah. you're, you're off. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want to stay as the client. I'm just saying, I say, okay, well, cool, but change your mindset. You know, you've still got to be hungry for that finish finish line for that goal you want to stand on stage whatever it is but beyond that they need to enjoy every every session every day every every time second in the gym they they, they really do need to love the process and mm. and i will always say that so uh, i'm going to t- touch on that and sort of uh, feel the audience so to speak and um and see where they're at with that side of things but but just sort of uh again knowing all this stuff really really excellent we can put some really cool programs and we can periodize uh, but then on top of that, also, you know, uh, encourage them to have the, the perfect rep, the perfect set and, and, and really uh, involve themselves, not rush to the gym, rush the workout, rush home, like get in, bang, do whatever you need to do to get in that, that moment. And, uh, and I think the results will be uh, um, speak for themselves. And then it's right at the end, putting mate. it all together, some training splits. I mean, I know they, uh, the guys and girls will probably want to, oh, yeah, but what does it look like in a, in a six-day split? Um, or what type of splits do you like to use? So I'm going to talk about that, rest days, how often they should be resting, where they need to rest. Um, and, you know, physique, competitor, bodybuilder, um, bikini model, you know, how it might change from uh, my perspective on, on how you uh, periodize and, and parts of the body that are lagging, you know, what yeah. can you do, hit those with high frequency, how can you squeeze it in? So try and give some practical uh, examples at the end there. And um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. So. Mate, I'm really looking forward to it. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. be there. Uh, I'll be there. Feet up at the back of the room, yeah. but I will, be taking, I will be taking notes. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So Heck that's really exciting, back, mate. Right? So that's um, you and I covered. Why don't we get Vinny and Luke in here? Yep, and we can really uh, pick their brains on what they're going to do and give the listener an insight into yeah, what they can expect from those boys. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, Cam. Under the Bar podcast here with uh, Rawdon and Tom, and there's not much room left in the studio right no. now. We're really all packed it's in. It's really a, a sausage sizzle, like I pointed <laughs> out earlier. We've got. We've got all sorts in here. Yes. Now, as you all know, we've got the Under the Bar seminar coming up in mm. about, which is really exciting. So Saturday, 25th Feb. Saturday, the 25th of February. 9 to 5. Big day. And uh, surprisingly, Rawdon, we're actually looking nicely on track. Mm. We're just sort of going to glide into the mm. seminar like mm. you like to have your boys before yep, stage, yep. that final week. The, just, yeah. just, you know, all the hard work's well, done. Well, I'm going to be a traditionist, Tom. I'm going to leave it till uh, the night before to knock my stuff up. But <laughs> you boys look like you've done a... Uh, really heading in the right direction. Exciting. Now, to give a bit more detail on exactly what's going to happen on the day, we've got our partners in crime in the studio mm. now. Mm. Uh, Lucid Luke, Luke mm. Tullock, groundskeeper oh, Willie. Yeah, AKA groundskeeper. Uh, we're all familiar with him. G'day, mate. Welcome back into the into the studio. It's good to be here. Mm. Sandwiched between you all. Yes, yes. It's tight. It's a tight fit. And uh, first time uh, on the airwaves for our listener is Dr. Vinesh sing he's well the infamous we don't even know if he's real let's just see if anyone answers when you uh, introduce him i suppose so he's our uh, integrative practitioner he runs mm. consults out of icon performance health yep he, a legit doctor a legit like, doctor where's and, the stethoscope uh, vinny's actually got a great story you know he was a doctor that was part of the um i guess the bulk building model and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. he would see a high volume of of clients uh, mm-hmm. and they would come through and person after person he'd be dishing out some sort of pharmaceutical and next yep, week that's uh, the way to do it Tom. Know, a month later they'd be back with the same complaint and there's been no no progress and eventually he got sick of that and broke away from that model mm. 
went balls deep into becoming, yeah. you know, following his passion and becoming an integrative practitioner. And, and really, his goal is to get people healthy, to get people in shape with minimal minimal pharmaceuticals, if any. So it's uh, it's good to see someone following their passion. So, yeah. Dr. Vinesh, my cousin Vinny, welcome into the studio, mate. No, thank you very much for that, Tommy. And it's uh, great to be here. Uh, and for your listeners, <laughs> your listeners to finally put uh, a voice to a name, because I believe I yeah. might have been referenced quite a few times here. Yes, yes you have been referenced a few times. And, mm. and, and I think, Vinny, as a doctor, if there's one important thing that you can provide the, the listener and for us today is that you've got a hot date tomorrow, mm. which mm. is a really exciting and stuff. And he's keeping the cards very close to his chest. Yeah. He, he hasn't revealed much at all. Okay. Male, female, we don't know. <laughs> Isn't that right, Vinny? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Now, on the, uh, on the day, boys, we've yeah. got the, the four modules, Rod, and we've been through a little bit what you and I are going to talk about, but we thought we'd pick the boys' brains a little bit on what's, what's yeah. coming up for them. So after uh, you and I have gone, Luke's going to come on, and he's going to talk about how to build a diet mm. and go through, I guess, the, the physiology of the macros and then what really matters in putting a diet together. Luke, There's a little bit of lab code stuff there too. He's going to get endocrinology a little bit, well, a few hormones here and there. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, just a little bit of the, of the basics. And Luke, when we were talking pre-show, you were saying, you know, obviously uh, constructing the macros for those people in the PTs in the industry, they're going to have a, a base knowledge on that. Mm. And you mm. referenced that once a diet is set up, that carbohydrates is probably going to be the macronutrient that you're manipulating the most in terms of the goal. So can you just sort of just explore that concept a little bit for us? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we're talking different types of populations out there. They're going to have different carbohydrate requirements. More or less, when I set up a diet, the fat and the protein doesn't vary as much as the carbs do. Yes. And so if you're someone who's training more for performance, let's say you're bodybuilding or training for a sport, Mm. how do you set up your carbs to be appropriate for your training? You know, what's a heavy, light, moderate day? What do you do on a rest day? How do you time them? Mm. And that's going to be a little bit different to, say, the average person who might need a different amount of carbs or a different carb requirement, or we might mm. not even focus too much on, you know, the exact ratios, but more on, like, the food quality or something like that. You might yeah. touch on, the, um, you know, whether the glycemic index comes into play for those training and non-training individuals. Yeah, for sure. So you know, would be pretty relevant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to have hormonal effects when we're talking about, mm. you know, insulin and cortisol and leptin and all that sort of stuff. So mm. we kind of going to have a bit of a look of that as well uh, come the day. Mm. Very cool. Vinny, I guess from your perspective, mate, when you uh, see someone and... Uh, for weight loss and for general health, carbohydrates is one of those macronutrients that uh, you manipulate a little bit as well, and you actually do some testing for the person to see how well they that macronutrient works with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think the important thing is with me and the approach that I take is uh, is one of personalised medicine, and I found you know in my practice that everybody needs a personalised you know, an individual approach, mm. and even from the very basic chemistry that you run on people when you first see them, you can pick up very important clues as to their degree of carbohydrate no, tolerance and what sort of ratio of carbohydrate they may or may not be able to tolerate in the, in the, in the, in the short term and, and, and thus manipulate their initial diet accordingly or initial advice. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Cool. And Luke, you touched on an interesting point there and something you're going to explore more in your presentation. It's the, it's the, the difference between food quantity and food quality. So can you explain that principle for us? Yeah, for sure. So it, in, uh, in the presentation... I'm going to talk a little bit about where your priorities lie in terms of setting up a nutrition plan, what's going to get you sort of most of the way there. And if we're talking about performance or I suppose more advanced trainees, the focus is really a lot more on things like uh, energy intake, macro ratios, that kind of thing. 
Whereas if we're talking about general health, the food quality is much more important. Now, they still matter in both cases, but our priorities shift a little bit. Mm. And that's because of the hormonal effects it does tend to have. Let's give an example of Rawdon's uh, typical clientele. They, mm. they come with a goal in mind of competing on stage and they're going to be monitoring what's going in very, very, very closely. closely. They've got to weigh stuff. They know to the gram what's going to happen each week. Um, the average person is not going to be like that. So the approach has to be a little bit different. How mm. can we give someone a nutrition plan that is something they can follow for a long period of time and not feel you know hungry not feel too tempted by junk foods all that kind of thing you know so that's where manipulating things like food quality is probably a bit more of a win for us as trainers yes because that way we can have more of an intuitive eating style uh, because it has those flow on hormonal effects with leptin and ghrelin and, and that kind of thing right you know uh, whereas if we're talking about trainees who basically just need to have the amount of energy there to grow they Food need the right yeah exactly yeah. right they need the right amount of carbs or they're just gonna not be able to complete their race or whatever it is that's more of an angle that we need to look at right that, that's interesting and i suppose you're alluding to the fact that um when the nutritional intake is poor the uh that instinctive eating goes out the window you know you'll instinctively want to eat another box of tim tams and another another you know whereas yeah. if you're making quality food choices then you won't have those urges and then you'd be able to uh, almost instinctively now like Menno Hanselman spoke about this I think he prepped for his last show I uh, did a WBFF show and he got shredded as fuck you know he was he was he was diced but I, I, I do recall him saying for most of that I think right at the end he tracked things but most yeah. of that it was a intuitive. intuitive type eating and I'm assuming yeah. he, he really paid attention to food quality and stayed away from those foods mm. that is going to play around with his endocrine system. Right. And so, Luke, it's not just the hormonal effects from a health perspective that food quality is influencing, but it's actually the way that influences your choices in food moving forward as well and, and your relationship with food. Uh, 100%. And, you know, when we're talking about the leptin signaling system, it has flow-on effects to things like how much energy you expend. It affects your thyroid yeah. horm- hormone, how efficient your muscles are at burning energy, um, you know, there's the sort of food reward hypothesis coming yeah. in there as well. Yes. You know, so I think we all intuitively probably know it's better to eat higher quality foods and vegetables and all this and that. But I, what I want to get into is, okay, there are actual pathways that exist. What affects those pathways? Okay, mm. if we reduce inflammation, we can affect this pathway, which means that, you know, cravings should go down. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, well, that's exciting. But I guess from your perspective as well, Vinny, uh, Oh, the majority of your clients these days, I guess, would be from the athletic population. You see a lot of Rawdon's guys, a lot of my guys, but then you do have your general health clients. And one of the, I know one of the big challenges you face is uh, a lot of their diseases can be linked to nutrition or digestive health, mm. but their relationship with food is uh, such a big thing for you to tackle to start off with. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, sometimes you have to just take things in very small steps with that population of people because they're not ready to make... I mean, I think once someone's ready emotionally to take on that um, change in lifestyle and change in nutrition it becomes easier but it's sometimes people have to make the initial journey which deals with their emotional relationship with the food and sometimes people can make that journey alongside making lifestyle changes but some people have to go through that before you can really make any head like serious headway with their with their general lifestyle so yeah. it's true mm-hmm. there is a big challenge i face in my practice yeah interesting okay luke and I, I guess one of the things i'm also looking forward to is 
Uh, you've mentioned leptin a couple of times, but it's still it's one of those concepts, Rodan, for me. It's like, it's like the, the thyroid. F- yeah, mate. You know, it's, a, it's, it's your Achilles heel. It's there. It's there, mm. but it's in. It's fragmented. Mm. I'm mm. assuming mm. Uh, looking in a layman's leptin so I can uh, get my head around it. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the big goal is to come away with stuff that's actionable. Yes. So you mm. kind of you have an understanding. Okay, this is why I know kind of why it works. Maybe I don't understand the ins and outs of it exactly, but I know this is going to work. And mm. these are steps I can actually take with clientele. Yep. Um, I think that's probably the goal more than anything, but it can be definitely laymaned pretty easily. So yes. I'm going to do that. But, uh, I like that, Luke, because that was uh, Christian Maurice's uh, when he had his um, elemental seminar there uh, not so long ago, Tommy. Yes. His whole point was if you understand what's going mm-hmm. on, you, you'll get it, you know, and, and you'll do it with your clientele. Yeah, so yeah. he spends a lot of time just uh, explaining these concepts. So. Uh, you know, you understand it, and then it was all the rest just falls into place. So, I, th- I agree with you, Luke. If we can uh, understand leptin and its role a little more, uh, balls deep, then mm. uh, then we're more likely to um, be able to rationalize it to the to client, the client. And to the, the individuals, and yeah. then they yeah, get definitely. it, get yeah. by it. And much like uh, your presentation that you're talking about, you know, um, if they understand the, the 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 stress response and that that um, how it impacts the body. Then it's like, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't stress. Maybe so I much. should. They, yeah. they get it. They get it. Isn't that That's initial awesome. awareness? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very mm. good. Now, Vinny, if we move on to what you're going to be covering on the day, mate, I guess one of the fundamental issues with pathology from the established perspective and what a functional or integrative practitioner would look at is the actual relevance of reference ranges that people are getting tested with in the first place. Yeah, it's a really good issue to, to, to talk about because. I think one important thing to remember is when reference ranges were first designed or, or studied, they, um, they were looking at populations of people that were sick, and those are the people they predominantly did the studies on. So, inevitably, the reference ranges that were devised as a result of this were based on sick people. So, I think as a result of that, what we see is that often the, the reference ranges are not representative of what I would call optimal health. They're yes. just representing at the average health or a, a level of health that's just about acceptable. And if we're aiming for optimal health, we may have to look at those reference ranges very differently as to know wh- where we're looking to lie on mm. the range and whether the range is actually correct. Or, and, you know, that's, um, I think if you're going to achieve optimal health, it's a good idea to know how to actually interpret the reference range you know, yeah. a bit more accurately. I'll, I'll just jump in there, Vinny. And um, it just in the, the, the few years that I have been looking at blood chemistry, Tommy and I, um, from when we were back over at St. Leonard's back in the day. Oh, yes. uh, you know, in that time, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, don't quote me on this one, but I'm pretty sure, like, the fasting glucose went up. So as we become, you know, the averages got worse and worse. They, well, okay, let's just bump it up a little bit. You know, we'll put it up to, you know, 6, 6.5 instead of 5.5. So, like, the even the... <laughs> As the population becomes more unhealthy, yeah. the no. reference range will become, oh, let's just stretch it out a little bit. We'll call this normal because it is the norm now. Yes. No, I totally agree with that concept. You know, my, my principles are that you know, we're shifting goalposts to fit um, yeah. the, the, the current state of, a, of the general population rather than using objective measures and you know, science to actually determine what is healthy and what is not yeah. healthy. Mm. Awesome, and it's a big problem. I mean, you talk about rationalizing things to a client. That's a big one right there because they'll go and get their blood test and mm. come back. Oh, boom, everything's fine. And, and and what I quite like, Tommy, they'll have the uh, the rundown from the GP. Not that we're saying that the GPs don't know what they're doing, no. but it'll be ticks everywhere. Yep, yep. good. Boom, reference boom, range. Boom, boom, boom. TSH at uh, you know four point five, just at the top of the reference range. Yeah, no, fine. Well, yeah. and you know TSH is one of those, uh, Vinny, that, that you you'll say is is vastly uh, inaccurate. You know, when we get those TSH levels and uh, that snapshot of TSH, whether it's accurate mm-hmm. or not. It's a thyroid marker for our listeners. Uh, going off on a tangent here, but but you and I have spoken about this before. It's 
yeah. irrelevant because it's uh, that would be high hypothyroid. I mean, yeah. you're like you shouldn't have no energy. Well, yeah, exactly. And countless numbers of times, I see people who have come and said to me, or they've shown me their results, and go, um, "These are all completely normal." Mm. But when you actually look at it and examine it closely, you can start to pick a, a few things out that perhaps um, would suggest why. And and also, they'll be sitting in front of you saying they feel very unwell, but yeah. paradoxically, with a normal blood Lovely. picture. Yeah. So something's not making sense there. So there, you know. Sure. It just adds weight to the argument that optimal health and average health are, are two different two things. Different things. And, and, yeah. and I will sort of jump yeah. in there and say, not that we're, we're suggesting that if your reference ranges are slightly off, that you know that you're unhealthy and you should rush to, to see Dr. Vinny at the drop of a hat. I mean, the point Vinesh, uh, Dr. Vinesh made just then was they feel unwell, and that's why they're sitting there saying, "Yeah, yes. bloods are good, but I feel <coughs> unwell." Mm. So if you're feeling good and slightly out of the reference range, don't panic. It doesn't mean that absolutely. At all. And, I, and I just want to stress that my mentors always told me to treat a patient and not the numbers, yeah. and that's. That's what I'd say first and foremost is that you have to treat the person sitting in front of you first and then you can look at the biochemistry and substantiate what you've done. And with our experience with, uh, we've had Dr. Chrysler on here and uh, testosterone therapy much like that as well. The bloods could be acceptable or in the reference range, which an endocrinologist wouldn't you know, touch you with a barge pole, yet you have all the symptoms of low testosterone. So, you know, I think the good practitioners are actually treating the, the, the symptoms that, uh, and not relying just on blood chemistry with that particular uh, uh, situation as well. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. Now, Vinny, you're also going to look at electrolytes and uh, electrolyte balance within the body. Well, we've had uh, Dr. Mark Schaus on the program before, Rawdon, talking yep. about electrolytes from the perspective of controlling the, I guess, the movement of fluids in and out of the cell. But mm. from more of a general health perspective, what are you going to be looking at? I think um, I wanted to look at the electrolytes as it related to acid-base balance and talk uh, a bit yeah. more about this acid-base phenomenon that's been around for a yeah. long time. But I think people have may have not explained it in the right way in the past yeah. or, or perhaps they've, they've talked about blood pH mm. and you know um, what I want to do is to actually try and clarify the, the phenomenon itself and um, talk about the blood markers and the elect electrolytes and how you can actually make simple calculations as to whether somebody might be acidic or alkaline and mm. simple measures you can take to correct that mm. um, and just you know dispel some of the myths and misinformation that's out there about acidity yeah uh, yes i think that, that's a really good one and um i i will have to actually credit as much as i give give vinnie a ribbing here and there uh, he he was the one uh, individual that actually explained the because i've always dismissed and said look yeah acid alkaline you know you're never going to be a, a, acidic and you drop dead if you're acidic or overly acidic or, or a ph either way yeah but then you uh quite simply explain well no you're always going to maintain a neutral ph but it's at the cost of what and it will yes. deplete various it minerals etc etc so when you explain that then it's like oh okay maybe there is something that we, we should all pay attention mm. to so relevant and the benefit of i guess going through that Vinny, is that, yes it's a nice concept but that can be controlled by very simple nutritional yeah. interventions Absolutely. yeah I mean, you know, not without going into it too much detail, you know, um, especially for the general population, their diet is too high in refined uh, sugar and carbohydrates at the expense of vegetables and fruit. Yeah. And just simple things like, you know, just adjusting those things in your diet can make a big difference to, you know, what the strain you're putting in your body to keep your blood yeah. within a certain pH. Yeah, very interesting. And certainly the, uh, the, the the training population putting a ton of uh, acidity on everything, you know, yeah. breaking muscle tissue down and uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, another... Yeah. Another win for the uh, eat your veggies crowd. Uh, maybe you know vegans have some, maybe they're on the right track, boys. Maybe uh, yeah. you know eating the veggies is a good thing. Well, I mean, after your hot date, Vinny, you might better. <laughs> tell us. Apparently, she's a vegan. Oh, well, man. if you ever if you ever have me back on the podcast <laughs> again, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Um, right now, Vinny, also inflammatory markers. 
the whole uh, cholesterol thing. We've mm. we've touched on this a little bit on the podcast, Johnny. but it'd be it'd be we Johnny had uh, Johnny Bowden on going through that, and and quite often the high fat diet, given the the growing awareness about refined sugars and the inaccuracies of the old food pyramid and the yeah. requirement of healthy fats, but there are cer- Time certain and a place. yeah populations where a high fat diet is not the best thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I just want to separate, uh, when you look at cholesterol, um, the first thing I'd say is that just the cholesterol level itself um, may not be the best indicator of wh- you know, whether you have an increased cardiovascular risk. Mm. And I'll, I'll go into that in more detail at, at another time. But um, certainly if you put the cholesterol test together with the liver function test and a couple of other markers, you can get an idea as to someone may be developing uh, problems with a fatty liver or deposition of fat around their internal organs. Uh, and that's. A, an indicator of a mm. deeper metabolic imbalance which might mean that you're not really dealing with fat very well and in that particular population of people initially a high fat diet or ketogenic diet might not be the best thing for them mm. and it might be putting an increased strain on their body which you um yeah. which you need to be careful visceral adiposity that's what yes, we call it yes, on the program yes <laughs> and uh, luke this is where your lecture will tie into this a little bit as well because you'll be able to break down specific maxes and minimums of uh, fat intake for instance yeah, definitely. Uh, we're definitely going to look at that, and I will touch on the ketogenic diet. So, yeah, just build that one. Yeah, well. what's it all about, Tom? Yeah, yeah, and and I guess also on those inflammatory markers, Luke, from your perspective as well, this is where you can go into the different requirements of general population versus an athlete, where one of them has a short-term athletic performance goal, where those macros are really the key thing. Yeah, definitely. But for general health. Uh, the quality of the food is is important for general pop. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll just add to that with inflammatory markers that um, we're all inflamed to a certain degree mm. and it's important to... It's a very easy thing to check on blood biochemistry and you know, it's important to actually... If you determine that someone has a certain degree of inflammation, you have to, you know, to actually try and find out where that's coming from because it can be yeah. a barrier to, to improvement, certainly, but it's an easy thing to check for on chemistry. Now, this is an interesting uh, one, Vinny, and this one can be a little controversial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mineral balance. As personal trainers, we've all uh, we have been through phases, probably Rodan, you and I, back where mm. we used to work. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, just yep. dishing out the supplements left, right, oh, and yeah. centre. Yeah. Uh, probably do a lot less of that these days, yep. but um, that's not always the best way to go, Vinny. Yeah, multi. Take <laughs> yeah. This. Now, I think uh, part, about part, of the, uh, part of the seminar that um, I was going to discuss, like you said, mineral balance and the fact that some of these minerals are related to each other and instead of being interpreted individually they often run in pairs and threes and they influence each other so you just have to be mindful sometimes when you're supplementing that you could be uh, interfering with other minerals when you supplement with, them, with one mineral so just to be mindful about it yeah and i was going to talk about um, some of the main ones like magnesium and zinc and you know, vitamin d and just how to manage that situation as carefully as possible when you're training. Yeah, okay, I think that'll be very useful for the, uh, yeah. the for the PT toolkit, that very one. Very good, very good. So really looking forward to those, Vinny. And then, of course, there's been, Rod, and even as we were discussing this with the boys pre-show, hmm. quite a number of topics came up. We thought, well, to be include that in the presentation? No, let's save some stuff for the yeah. roundtable at the end because yep. there are some meatier issues surrounding these basic things, which if the attendees would like us to flesh out we can certainly go yeah. and do that in the round table definitely and that round table will take place at the end of the day yeah Very now good. any parting comments luke ideally what would you like the attendee taking away from what you've got to offer well uh, i think having it as uh, practical as possible in the way that okay here are some numbers here's a good starting point you understand 
basically what's going on in the background and now yep. you've got some numbers to take away and actually use with people plug them in yeah you, you know go. i think that's always a good thing to take away from a seminar and obviously yeah. we're going to do our best to tailor the the q a and all that sort of stuff to the attendees as well yep. so I think that's always going to be a good yeah, thing yeah, to have your specific questions answered as well. Exactly. But at the very least, they'll have macro numbers mm-hmm. they can take away and start building effective diets yeah. with. Carbs, athletes, non-athletes, yeah. non-train day, training day, training day, training day. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plenty of references. Just, <laughs> 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 good. I mean, that saves you and I having to reference anything. <laughs> reference, <laughs> reference. Like in polywaffle yeah. is where it comes to. In now, the Vinny, trenches. For you, mate, what would you like attendees to take away? I think for me, very simply, for someone to be able to look at a routine blood panel and say, is this average or is this optimal health? Mm. And then some very simple things, interventions they can make in the first few weeks just to improve those parameters. Um, and also whether they need to refer on for whatever reason or straight yeah, away. That's good. That's yeah. it. Really. That's good. When to refer out. Yeah. And, and tell me, Vinny, before we uh, wrap things up, uh, you know, when you do look at these different markers on blood chemistry, and, and you do change things accordingly. Can it be quite a quick turnaround, or is it you know six months before you'll see some benefits? Or you know, with the attendees when they make a few tweaks from what they learn from you at the seminar, then literally within a few days, a few weeks, there it will be having an impact no, for their clientele. No, certainly, um, I've seen some very some markers anyway. Yeah, I think some some of the minerals, especially if you replace those, you can see some quite rapid improvements in their general health and well-being wow. straight away. I think when it comes to more of the, um, the hormonal issues and, and, sure. and the liver and, and uh, yeah. you know, trying to change the amount of fat, people, that, that can take a bit longer because yeah. that's often been building up over a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But certainly the mineral balance, you can correct that. Right. You can get some quite, quite quick results with it. Very cool. Exciting. Very it's good. always a hard sell. You've got to change this. You'll feel good in a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you get a little bit of... Uh, you know, some nice, uh, some nice uh, turnaround on how they feel. Maybe sleeps a little better, yeah. performance a little better in the gym. Uh, big, big buy-in, and then yeah. uh, the rest of the smooth sailing. Well, I'm excited, man. This sounds really good. So Saturday, the 25th of February. Yep. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yep. Four presentations in the roundtable at the end. You can mm. go to either underthebarpodcast.com mm-hmm. or the Icon Performance Health website mm. and $300 for the day mm-hmm. buy your tickets online and uh, mate we don't actually want too many people there's quite no. a few people signing up now oh, no. there's that too might many going to shut it down yeah actually yeah. sorry guys you missed out yeah. uh, maybe the next seminar yeah that's where you can go for all the information boys thank you very much for having you in thanks boys yeah, thank you look forward to seeing you on the day thanks Cam thanks Cam And I wonder if uh, at the end of the day, when we're just finishing up the round table at the end with mm. uh, you and me, Vinny and Luke, if mm. we could just have the Chariots of Fire start oh. to... Oh, I think we should do that. Yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. Really. Closure. Closure. We know it's over <laughs> when that comes on. <laughs> yes. And it's almost like at the Logies, you know, where they, they start playing the, the music for us to wrap it. Oh, hey, that's our cue. We've got to stop talking yeah, now. Yeah, boom. Sounds Away good. we go. Right, All mate. Right. Well, look, I'm, uh, apart from obviously looking forward to yours, I'm pretty excited about Luke and Vinny's as well. Yeah. And yep, uh, yep, Vinny, yep. Vinny, you know, first exposure for the listener to Dr. Vinesh, but he has got a um, uh, a world right. of uh, information. He really is uh, a wizard's sleeve of information, isn't he? <laughs> yes. You could deep, you could go really deep into yeah, that yeah, one. You get lost in that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the echo, echo, echo in there. <laughs> But uh, it's going to be really... We're going to have to put parameters on it. We might even have to... Uh, no, Vinny. No, sorry, Vinny. Stay on track. Stay on track. Yeah. But uh, a lot, a lot of content there. And um, I'm really excited to uh, to hear him. But yeah, Luke as well. Mm. And, and yours too. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really excited to hear myself. But uh, 
you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that is the way, man. I mean, you've never listened to an episode no. of the podcast, so... No. I didn't even know if this goes to air. <laughs> is there a podcast? <laughs> it's I just rock up every Wednesday. It's the Tom Hewitt me. podcast. I just yeah. edit all of yours out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Well, you do it with your eyes closed the whole time, so... Well, there it is. So yep. go to the website, underthebarpodcast.com. Go to yep. Icon Performance Health, whichever one you prefer. There's yep. information there on the seminar. Mm-hmm. We'll Grant. start throwing a bit up on social media. Yeah. I will sharing things. Yeah. You message me. I've had a few guys message uh, PM me on yep. uh, Facebook. So if, you, if you're a little shy, if you're you know first time and you want, want me to break you in easily. It's going to be a fun day. Yeah, and, we'll, uh, we'll be really fun. Pretty relaxed. And, of course, you can catch me at uh, TomHewitt.com. Uh, and, uh, uh, of course, Rawdon, you... Uh, well, uh, um, you can go to uh, the Dubois elusive elusive uh, the Dubois method yeah and oh, and and, 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 <laughs> and uh, of course Facebook uh, Rawdon you've, you're quite uh, you know lots of selfies uh, silly selfies with love hearts and all that garbage yeah, well, I didn't have seven or eight coffees a day Tom so <laughs> <laughs> well, that's seven or eight now yeah, yeah. yeah. with various birds yeah yeah oh well, yeah two birds <laughs> Thanks, well, that's guys. it. That's, right. that's done. Really excited. I'm going to uh, look forward to seeing everyone there. Yep. Great. Good. I think we're done. We are that's done. That's enough polywaffle for one day. Thanks, Ken.